a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is episode 36. We're going to, in just a moment, we're going to speak with a representative from the Utah State Bar about a new rule handed down by the Supreme Court of the state of Utah dealing with uh, dreamers. Those are the DACA recipients. Uh, those are undocumented immigrants who were brought here at a very young age uh, by their parents and who have lived a life here in the United States, have entered into the educational system, and in some cases have sought law degrees. Well, now in the state of Utah, uh, those folks, that certain group of undocumented immigrants are allowed to uh, gain admittance to the bar. Before we do that, though, I want to, you to hear just a few moments of conduct, Senator Susan Collins. You'll remember that Susan Collins is relevant today because she uh, and Mitt Romney, Two Republicans voted with the Democrats when it came to uh, uh, calling for and allowing witnesses and other uh, information to be presented during these impeachment proceedings. We're going to take a quick moment and hear what Susan Collins has to say as she speaks from the floor of the U.S. Senate. To my satisfaction that he did commit a crime because his conduct did not meet that threshold. I will now discuss each of the articles. So we'll we'll monitor that and we'll, if there is anything uh, informative there, what we'd really like to know is uh, her specific motivation for having voted uh, to hear uh, from witnesses and allow them onto the floor. Uh, That belief uh, being that, you know, there was insufficient investigative work done on the House side, insufficient information uh, brought to bear as she makes her decision as an adjudicator in this Senate impeachment trial. Now, uh, let's set that aside for a second. Let's get back to the Utah State Bar. Joining me now on the line is Elizabeth Wright, General Counsel for the Utah State Bar. We've spoken to Elizabeth in the past on this very same issue. That was during the public comment period. Well, the comments have all been received uh, by the Supreme Court. They've been uh, analyzed and reviewed, and a final rule has now been handed down. Uh, Elizabeth, I'm grateful to you for joining us. Thanks for making time for the program. Oh, thank you for having me. Let me ask you this. When a rule like this is handed down, and and maybe it's inappropriate to say like this, this is pretty uh, unique, uh, but when this rule is handed down, what what action is taken by the bar? How do you respond uh, initially? Well, notified our admissions department that the rule is now in effect. And, of course, our admissions department knew it was coming. And now if they do have an applicant um, who meets the standards of the rule, they will go ahead and process their application. There, this stemmed from uh, two cases. There were two folks, uh, two of these DACA recipients who sought to gain entry to the bar. That led to some cases and ultimately to this rule being crafted, a comment period being opened, and now the final rule being handed down. Have those two folks gained uh, admittance to the bar? Well, we want the application deadline is March 1st. 
to sit for the July bar examination. Um, so any applicant, including the two petitioners in this case, will have to submit a bar application by March 1. Um, they have to and then the admissions committee for the Utah State Bar will make sure they meet all of the requirements. And then they will have to sit for the July bar examination, uh, pass the bar examination. And if they pass the bar in July, um, July bar examinees are sworn in in October. So we still have a ways to go before we will have... Um, anybody admitted under this rule. Sure. Uh, again, we're speaking to Elizabeth Wright, General Counsel for the Utah State Bar. General Counsel, that means you are a lawyer's lawyer, so to speak. Yeah, uh, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> the, this final rule came after a period of public comments. Those were all available to the public. You could make your... They were both uh, solicited from the public and available for review by the public. Uh, did, did the bar take the time to go through there and, and see some of the comments left by folks and get uh, get a sense of, of how folks were responding to this proposed rule? Um, yes. we And we do that in all rulemaking situations. Any rule having to do with the regulation of the practice of law um, many of those, uh, most of those come through the bar or bar committees, sometimes court committees, and we go through the same process where we petition the court for a new rule or a change, and then it goes out for comment, and part of my job is to monitor the comments. And then if there are any comments that raise issues that weren't raised during the rulemaking period, um, I bring those to the court's attention if they need um, to change a rule, you know, or make modifications sure. to the proposed rules. In this case, the court determined that none of the comments raised issues that weren't already presented during the rulemaking process. So they went ahead and, and approved the rule, which they often do. Yeah. I, I noticed that there were, amongst the public comments, there were both substantive suggestions and technical suggestions. Substantive being, we think that like the spirit of this rule ought to be changed in this fashion. And then a technical suggestion uh, would be, you know, maybe add a comma there or change this yeah. may to a shall or something like this. Um, and, and, but, uh, but you're saying that uh, everything from the first effort to, was, was as we see it today. Yes. Outstanding. Let I'm me looking at it. I, don't, I know there were a couple of comment, uh, comma requests, but I, <laughs> I don't see those changes in there. One of these days, I'll, I'll study the the comma chapter on how to be a lawyer because uh, yeah. the, the way the way you folks understand and use commas it's different from the rest of us. <laughs> Let me. No, I, I should... we're, no, we're just nerdier about it. We, ah. You know, we we like the Oxford comma. I was just I was just going to ask you Oxford comma thumbs up thumbs down. I'm I'm a, yeah. I'm pro Oxford comma. It offers much needed clarity when used. Yes. No. Yeah. Lawyers lawyers are very pro Oxford comma. Well, very good. Uh, I should have done this to start this. The, the rule. I have the text of it right here in front of me, and, it, and it's relatively brief. Let me read it real quick. Um, it says. Uh, an applicant who is an undocumented immigrant and a recipient of deferred action status, that's the DACA program, deferred action status pursuant to the United States policy of deferred action for childhood arrivals or deferred action status, whether granted on an individual case-by-case basis or pursuant to national policy based on part upon such applicant having arrived in the United States as a minor and authorized by the United States to accept employment at the time of application will be eligible for admission to the Utah Bar if they meet all other requirements for admission. We have about 30 seconds left. Uh, t- tell me about a few of those other requirements. 
Uh, for admission, uh, individuals have to well pass the bar, as we just discussed. It's a two-day exam. It's grueling. So they have to pass that. They have to have graduated from an ABA-accredited law school. Um, they have to pass uh, character and fitness, uh, you know, which means they can't. there can't be anything in their background, which, you know, if they've stolen money or something like that or, you know, have anything that would raise the interest of character and fitness. And then they, uh, all lawyers have to pass a professionalism exam, which uh, shows their uh, understanding of the rules of professional conduct that govern lawyer conduct in the state. Well, very good. Uh, Elizabeth Wright, General Counsel for the Utah State Bar. I'm grateful to you for joining us again. Uh, the occasion for our discussion today, DACA recipients, uh, after uh, a period of uh, process, an application process, they will now be, according to a new rule uh, handed down by the state Supreme Court, allowed to uh, gain entry into the Utah State Bar. Elizabeth, I'm grateful to you for your time. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you. All Listen, in our next segment, we're going to talk about uh, a number of things. We're going to go back to Iowa. Iowa, it seems, all of this hang up, all of these delays seem to stem from an app used to collect uh, the information and transmit it to headquarters. Well, turns out here in the state of Utah, we've got our own caucuses, we've got our own app, and for the last eight years, it's worked just fine. I've got the CEO behind that company that gives us the app here in the state of Utah. He's going to talk to us next and tell us how things work here and how they may ought have worked out in Iowa. That's next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is K. ASL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.